We're on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes. How's it going, guys? And how's it going, Karen? Well, it's going. I'm sleepy. Karen is tired. I'm tired. That means, that means Doug's gonna talk. Yeah. <laughs> Doug's gonna. Doug's you'll gonna, be my. You'll be my therapist. Doug's gonna drive tonight. Um. Yep. I've got the wheel, and I have some stuff. Um. Mostly good that I want to talk about. Uh, but I have a question to ask you, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Okay. I did watch The Batman, the new movie, um, this weekend. And went... do you still think you're going to? Yeah, I think I am, because I, we, we went to watch it on Monday, last night. And then my husband, and then Anthony was like, oh my god, it's three hours. Exactly. <laughs> So I was like, ooh. So we're saving it for the weekend. Um, okay. And we just didn't get a chance. I ended up working all weekend. So I just didn't get a chance to do much of anything. Um, so so I, I'm hoping to do it this weekend. Although I'm working again this weekend. Well, but I'm hoping to do it this weekend. So I will um, hold off on talking about it until oh, wow. you've seen it. Until you've maybe seen it. Ooh, okay. I'm I'm okay. Okay, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm I mean, curious yeah, really why. building up suspense. I know. No, oh no, no, no. I just feel like it makes more sense when you've seen it. Okay. It's not because I feel one way or the other about it, okay. though I might. Um But yeah. But so um I can instead dive into a show that I have like only lovely things to talk about. A TV okay. show. Which one? Abbott Elementary on ABC. I've heard such good things about that one. Yeah, it is the most likable thing that's happened since Schitt's Creek and Ted Lasso, I suppose. Really? Um, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Created and set in Philly by a Philly native, Quinta Brunson, it is about this um, kind of underfunded, under-resourced public elementary school. And so we get to know uh, Quinta plays our... Uh, our, our main character and then we get to know a couple of the other teachers and one principal character it is that same mockumentary format that the office pioneered um and a lot of it kind of takes from the office template um quinta brunson's brunson's character is essentially like jim the john krasinski character on the office um and there's another substitute teacher character who may or may not be her Pam. It seems like there may be a, a, a romantic thing between two very sensible people. But it's that whole thing where like there's a couple crazy people saying crazy things and then a bunch of realistic people that keep making eyes at the camera. <laughs> um, but it's but it's inherently a, a very sweet show. Um, all of the actors are really good and they all play teachers who actually deeply care about what they do and why they're doing it and for the students' best interest. And all of the child actors that show up in various episodes to play these young kids are terrific. Um, and it's, it's definitely a feel-good show. Kind of also takes from Parks and Rec because we're talking about public administration. So it's kind of got like some of those seemingly minute kind of issues that matter only to the people at hand mm -hmm. um but but no it's a it's a a sweet show that's never too saccharine and it's also not um cynical 
So it's very refreshing. And everyone on it is, is you know, does a, a, a great job. Tyler James Williams from Everybody Hates Chris and Walking Dead, though I think not any of the seasons I saw of Walking Dead, um, are both on it. And Cheryl Lee Ralph, um, who's both a TV and a theater vet, is very good on it. And Chris Perfetti, who is an actor that I have seen around the East Coast, uh, is another teacher character. He's very good. Yeah, it's a completely likable show. We watched all of season one, which just finished airing its 13 episodes on Hulu. Um, Really good. Really likable. We're... Really glad we, really glad we saw it, and kind of glad we waited so that we could binge it all at once. In fact, okay, but that's, that's cool. a that's like a big thumb up. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I was kind of curious about it. I'd been hearing great things about it, but I was a little bit worried. You know, it's it's a net, it's from a network, right? It's not. It is. It's ABC. Yeah, yeah. it's ABC, and, and you know, sometimes their 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 shows are twee. They they. I mean, I guess any network show can be, but the, the some of the later ABC ones, I think, don't get enough credit. Okay. The ones that run on too long run on too long, but at their height, I think the Goldbergs was terrific. Um, Blackish, which just ended, I think, did a lot of smart stuff. Um, Fresh Off the Boat, which ended a couple seasons back, I thought also was similarly smart and not twee okay. so so i'm gonna give abc props because i think they have quietly um found a nice groove for worthwhile uh i guess i can't call them sitcoms but but modern tv comedies um so yeah and unlike modern family which never acknowledged why they were talking to the camera this show acknowledges that they're making a a documentary around the school oh okay. um yeah, I mean, I have to say, for a public elementary school, they're the best behaved um, students. Even when there are stories that involve them acting unruly, you know, there's still more soluble problems than I think I found in my schools. But minor, minor, minor detail. Uh, I do recommend it. And I feel like you could watch two and decide very quickly that you want to keep up with it or not. Okay. But I think you would. Okay. So, yeah, it's a big, for anyone who is thinking about it, uh, big recommendation there. Cool, cool. Good to know, because um, yeah, we're kind of running out of shit to watch, and that sounds like something that Sid might like. So, well, I'm gonna probably keep having either recommendations or 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 stay away from this reactions, because I think the next two months are gonna have a lot of things that are jumping back with with new seasons in the next like six to eight weeks, like the Mayans. Like Mayans, have you seen any of the new season? There were like two or three episodes. I saw the first two episodes that they put up on Hulu. Um, it, I'm, I'm starting to have, it must be like age or I don't know, maybe I'm just like addled. Um, I'm having a hard time remembering like where these seasons left off where I'm like, wait, what happened last season? Like, like, I can't remember what it was that just came back on that we watched. I mean, you know, go figure. Um, but, but I, I literally spent like the first six episodes playing catch up with where where we had left where we were and so I'm having that same problem a little bit with Mayans I'm like wait what's going on why are we doing this um which is a little frustrating and then... well yeah but you're not alone though because we're going through the same thing and are it's really, really funny okay. yeah timing wise today the writer Mark Harris tweeted something about how you know some of these shows have been gone for so long I have no idea what happened and he mentioned Atlanta 
He's like, they have an eight to ten episode season, and then they're gone for four years, and now I don't remember what happened when they come back. We st- we watched the first episode of Barry, which has been gone for three years, and I'm like, I don't really remember all the things that were going on, but I'm just writing it out. We watched right. the first the first two episodes of the new flight attendant season, and I'm like, oh, I didn't remember this character. I didn't remember what this person was doing. I know other people responded to Mark Harris's tweet and said, yeah, I just rewatched seasons one, two, and three or whatever. I'm like, no, life is too short. Yeah. I'm just going to ride it out. I don't need yeah. a summary. I'm just I'm just going to get back on the ride yeah. and, and keep watching. I think the first, But you are not alone. The first show that that sort of I co- like was cogniz- cognizant of that happening was Succession, where I was like, uh, wait, what happened last season? Like I could not I was I was I spent a good chunk of that really confused. And now, oh God, now I can't even remember what show it was that we just watched. And oh, it was um, Better Call Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the other one that Mark Harris tweeted about. Yes, and so I basically spent, and it was a short. It was a short season. It was only eight episodes, I think. Um, And I seem to remember them being longer um, than eight episodes because I felt like it ended really quickly and abruptly. Oh, yeah, maybe. I do think the original, the early seasons were like 13 or so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I I like literally spent the first six episodes going, I don't remember what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Or I'll remember like the one big thing that happened at the end of the last season and not anything else. But I don't mind not remembering all of it. I don't care. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's fine. And I, you know, with the Witcher, I knew, I, I knew that that could potentially happen. So I was like, we're, we're rewatching that. And, and Anthony didn't mind. Cause we both really love the Witcher. Cause I just didn't want to like sit there and be like, I don't know what's happening. You know, especially when it's, it's like dealing with like fantasy realms and magical shit. And yeah, you know, yeah, I get that. Like that, that can be a little yeah. bit harder to parse. So I was like, yeah, we're going to be re- re- doing a Witcher rewatch which actually was super fun. Um, I didn't mind that at all. But yeah, with Mayans, there was a little bit of that going on where I'm like, wait, where the fuck are we? What happened? Why aren't they talking? What's going on? But, um, but the first, the very first episode dropped us like right in the middle of where things ended last season, which was at the clubhouse. um, And it's sort of like the San Padre Mayans are battling it out with like, the other Mayans from different districts. And the thing is, I don't remember why they're fighting. Um, I don't remember. I just remember they're fighting. I don't know who's on whose side. I don't know why they're fighting. I don't know what happened to the cartel leader. I don't like, I don't remember any of this shit. And it's, it's actually making, usually I can just go with it and ride it out. And it's actually making watching this season really fun freaking frustrating and it's making me not like it mm, I'm so and i was and i loved that and the thing is like i loved the series yeah you, that, you know yeah, you knew that yeah. the first two i loved the series and now like because i can't remember what happened last season and just with like where this seems to be going this season and that season one uh, the 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 season three opener the first episode was just this like really extra long extended like shootout at the OK Corral there like it was like just lots of guns popping and um and Molotov cocktails being thrown and who's going to get shot and who's going to die and like all of this shit going on back and forth that it just it was too much yeah 
Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when sometimes when the violence gets to be like, it's just like, okay, we can stop now. I mean, I guess it's kind of like when I'm, I was talking about this on my, on my other podcast, Mm -hmm. um, during an interview where I was talking about how, like, sometimes in romance books, like they'll get to like a sex scene and it'll just be like too much. And you're just, and you just end up skipping over it because it's not doing anything but being graphic. It's right. not pushing the story right. forward. It's not giving you more information about the characters. Is not. It's not doing anything in service yeah. to the story. Indulgently just, gratuitous. Yeah, it's just gratuitous. And I kind of felt like that's where we were with this. And yeah. I was super mad because Elgin James wrote and directed the episode. So I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Because, you know, when they bring out the creator for the first few episodes, you always, you know, usually that's a really good episode. And so I was, I saw his names pop up in the credit and... I was like, oh, this is going to be a really good episode. And then it was kind of too much kabooms. I know. And I hate saying that because I really love that show. Yeah, but season ain't over yet. So you don't know. Yeah, I know. And now I'm going, well, maybe I should like, even if I don't like rewatch like the whole thing, like there's maybe like leading into the, 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 the season, like the last couple of episodes of the last season. I don't know. I want to love it. I want to love it again. I know. And I know that feeling when it doesn't work out. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I just tangented for no reason. So what do you, what, what do you have going on? No, you were talking about a show. That's, uh, I mean, our whole podcast is tangenting. Um, oh no, I was, um, I mean, just still on my Abbott elementary high. Uh, but I also saw a couple shows in the last week and I think I very much liked all three of them. Like show shows? Like theater shows. Like theater. What did you see? Uh, The first one we saw was The Minutes, the newest Tracy Let's Play, playing at uh, the Studio 54 Theater. Um, And this was one of those that was originally supposed to open in March, April 2020. so shuttered with everything and has now come back with one changeover. So the leading role was going to be played and was played in previews, I guess, by Army Hammer. And uh, now it's Noah Reed, who was on Schitt's Creek. Um, his is the character that was dating Dan Levy. Um, and this is set at a city council meeting in a uh, fictitious um midwestern town um so the minutes are the literal minutes the the notes the write-up from the previous week's meeting now noah reed's character is a youngish married new father dentist in town but he was gone the week before because his mother passed away and apparently something important has happened at the meeting he missed and so he keeps requesting the minutes but the minutes are not available and it's sort of cryptic as to why they're not available and what might have happened and so while we sort of wait in this dark cloud of uh you know, like ominous means hovers over the show. We get a lot of, you know, like we get to know all of the different city council members and all of their like idiosyncratic minutia. Um, and it's, you know, it's a wonderful ensemble of, of actors. Um, most of them familiar to New York and a lot of them who've crossed over um, from Steppenwolf, Blair Brown, um, K. Todd Freeman, who is great and also played a great role once on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Danny McCarthy, 
Uh, Tracy Letts himself plays a role. Uh, another great actress named Sally Murphy. Jesse Mueller, best known for musical theater, but doing a, a straight play here. Um, and longtime theater vet Austin Pendleton, who runs away uh, with a lot of the funniest moments of the show. Um, the more we learn about these council members and the town itself, the more we learn that there is kind of a dark secret involved. And it also includes um, a very powerful scene um, performed by Jan Barford, who was last year nominated for a Tony for Linda Vista, who is the husband of um, Steppenwolf director and the director of this production, Anna D. Shapiro. Uh, he's great. The whole cast uniformly is, is terrific. Um, and it's a show that's really about something. Um, and if you've seen other shows throughout uh, Tracy Letts' career as a playwright, um, you might be aware that he's very big on indigenous rights. So it's probably not a big surprise to learn that that will factor in to this show as well. And it ultimately kind of swerves into a more surreal territory um, that I thought was very fun and theatrical and powerful and made the play a real standout for the season. So big ups to the minutes. Then we get slightly darker. I saw, and I don't know if this is a show you got to see. (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry. I had to. (laughs) I will be talking about funny girl next week. And I think that means we'll have to return to our conversation about people taking glee in others' misfortune. But not this week. No, I mean, truly dark material. Um, How I Learned to Drive, Mm. which won a Pulitzer almost 25 years ago, but but is now on Broadway for the first time in a very unique revival that reunites several of its uh, key cast members um, and director which you don't really get to see. So David Morris and Mary Louise Parker were in it in 97, um, I think at the Vineyard Theater off Broadway. Um, And the actress Joanna Day, I think was in it with them as well. And now all three of them, several lifetimes later, uh, are finally in this production uh, at Manhattan Theater Club's Samuel Friedman Theater, um, which is a really kind of a uh, neat artifact to to get to revisit. I know the show. I've read the play. Um, I have never seen it performed, and I certainly would have never had the chance. I was a teenager when it was first done to to have seen them do it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool. And, I mean, Mary Louise Parker is mid-50s, and David Morse is late-60s. So subtract 24 years, and that's what they were then. And it's like no time has gone by at all for either of them. They both look and sound exactly the same as they were doing back then. I don't know specifically in that play, but in all the other things I saw them doing throughout that time. So it is kind of like catching lightning in a bottle. Huh. Um, it's a heavy play. Yes, the You know, the theme is about an uncle and niece um who we you know it's we're very quick to use the term grooming now we didn't quite have the same language for that um in the mid to late 90s but it's essentially about an uncle who grooms his niece um for a sexual relationship um and it's told through some like fluid like back and forth flashbacks and narration that may or may not be wholly accurate um 
but feels emotionally accurate. So you have Mary Louise Parker playing as young as I think 11 or 12 and and then going back and forth through time and then of course David Morse playing this pedophiliac uncle um in his 30s and 40s or early 40s to late 40s maybe um and you know the this sense of emotional acuity that uh playwright Paula Vogel created um is is very sharp and um yeah they're they're excellent um, there's two other actors who round out the cast that play a few different parts. Chris Myers, Alyssa May Gold, also very good. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is really pristine acting. It is a very sharp play on all of the technical elements that sort of, you know, fuel the subtlety of it, particularly the lighting, um, and some of the costuming just dead on. It's, yeah, one of the best acted shows, um, of the year and just such a unique thing to be able to actually revisit with all of or most of the key creative figures uh is pretty cool so that's maybe not a show for everyone but definitely a show i recommend to anyone who is interested um and i just want to say i don't get many chances to talk about david morse he doesn't work a ton but i think he's one of the great character actors alive um uh just i mean i grew up watching him in uh you know shows like saint elsewhere Mm -hmm. and i mean all sorts of of film work and then later on you know he was george washington and john adams there's very little he cannot do and cannot do uh with seemingly like just complete ease but total excellence so i just wanted to say like one of truly the great actors um and and he and mary louise parker working together it's really uh like jazz like it's so so in tune with each other and and their acting needs and styles it's really something to behold yeah he's he's pretty damn phenomenal um and then there's another off-broadway show i'd like to recommend at the signature theater by one of i think the great playwrights of his and our time samuel d hunter who i've been a fan of since i saw his show a bright new boise 11 years ago a little more than a decade ago uh this one is called a case for the existence of god which the title might sound a little heady it's just a two-hander it stars two terrific actors kyle beltran and will brill um uh who play two i don't I don't want to say middle-aged. I think they're men in their 30s. I don't know what the right term for that age group is at this point. To me, they're babies. Um, but it, one is a mortgage lender, broker, which is a point like they, they specify in the show, who is helping the, the other character try and, and secure money to buy a home. Both are going through different things. Um one has a marriage that is ending. One is fostering a child that he hopes to adopt as a single gay parent. Um, and it turns out they have a connection. They're from the same small town. It turns out though one didn't remember, they actually had even gone to high school together. And so it's where their different life's paths have taken them. And over a period of time, as we see them sort of working together and trying to get money together and going through different personal things, they develop uh, this very interesting rapport, uh, really sharply acted. 
I mentioned uh, they're in Twin Falls, Idaho. The playwright Samuel Hunter is from Idaho. All of his plays are set in Idaho in various places and kind of deal with a lot of real world problems that don't always make it into high drama, um, which is why I think his uh, shows are always so perceptive um, because he's able to focus on a lot of true human details. Uh, Both of the actors are great. And here's the cool thing. Kyle Beltran and Will Brill were actual college roommates together. Who knew? I didn't until I read the program or the link that they sent me to look at. Yeah, they went to, I think, Carnegie Mellon together and studied theater together um, and were roommates, which is really cool. They're both great. You may recognize both of them from all sorts of film and TV stuff on top of all the theater they keep coming back to. Um, Two really sharp performances, really sharp play. Um, So, yeah, that was a really good theater going week. Fun fact. I worked on Samuel Hunter's New York, I think it was his New York debut. Was that Jack's Precious Moment? It was indeed. There we go. It is such a brilliant career. He is such a major talent. He, yeah. So, I, yeah. Better than Jack Thorne, that's for sure. Yeah. Really, <laughs> really night and day. Really yeah. dark of night and bright of day. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like for some reason I bring that up because I feel like Jack, I worked on Jack's show around the same time, like not exactly the same, but sort of like they were close. Which one was that? Uh, what Jack's piece? Yeah. Was bunny. Oh, okay. And, um, It got yeah. a great review. No, he's gone on to do other things that. I... Yeah, he's gone on to do other. <laughs> he's gone on to do other things like oh, I don't know, right? Harry Potter stuff and yeah, you know, yeah. No, no he's, he's gone on to. Yeah, have, like, no, he's had career. his hand on some really big deal things. Yeah, um, yeah, um, which I'm... I don't understand at all. I mean, you know. Oh, another fun fact. Speaking of Jack Thorne, um, let the right one in is coming to uh, regional theater. Uh, by that, do you mean one near you? Yes. Oh, great. Then yeah, you should so, go. Well, I saw it in New York and I hated it. Um, was that uh, was that a BAM, I think? Or uh, a St. Anne's? St. Anne's. Yeah, yeah. St. Anne's. And I absolutely hated it. And I, I just, you know, I mean, once again, it was like the script was terrible. And it was that sort of, you know. Oh, God. I don't know. You know how sometimes some Broadway shows feel like the book feels. Um, I don't know if it's really kind of elementary. Yes, it's a feeling I know well. It, that's what it felt like with this show. And I felt like it shouldn't have felt that way because it was based on this independent film. It wasn't a Broadway show. It was being done at St. Anne. Like, I felt like the book should have been sharper. Yeah, I agree. Um, did you see it? I did. And I... I mean, I think there were certain elements of the stagecraft that I liked, but I think I love the original movie. Okay. The uh, um, the American remake, I'm like maybe less in love with, but I still think it's cool and has cool ideas. So I like the stagecraft of the show, but I kind of think book-wise it was reductive. Yeah. Like I could that's see good, the, the word, yes. You know, I could see the breakdown of the parts rather than the sum of it, which right. you know happens, but. But we should happen less. That's kind of my memory of the show, which is probably eight or nine years ago. I don't know. 
And it just, you know, there's, you know, I felt this way when I, when I saw like Lion King on Broadway lately, and that, that sent me like screaming out of the theater at intermission. Um, when there is this sort of, it feels like the, 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 it feels like the lines were penned by an elementary school teacher for an elementary school audience. And I get that you, okay, I get it, Lion King, right? It is a kid's show, ultimately. It it is for children, for families. But it's something like Let the Right One In? No. Yeah, yeah. No, and I don't know. Have you seen the movie? I have not. Okay. I have not. Why will I feel the same way about the movie? Well, I I didn't. I was just curious if you had seen it and, and felt differently about the movie or not. No, I have not seen the movie. I mean, honestly, like the the the, the show kind of put me off all that. Although it shouldn't have, because I know like the movie is probably something completely different. Um, but yeah, I just never bothered. Probably because I was so. I, I'm sure it was because I was off put by the show itself. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't tell you to rush necessarily, but I, I yeah, I remember really liking the original movie. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, so I probably won't go see this, but I was impressed that they scheduled it, to be honest with you, because it seems Yeah, a little, no, I was when you said. You know, it seems a little not regional theatery, you know, like it just doesn't seem like it's, um, it, it just didn't strike me as the show that was going to be making the rounds. Sure. You yeah. know, so. Um, yeah. Well, they can't all be winners. <laughs> so, so yeah, I uh, I will have a couple more shows to talk about next week. So let me ask: Did you see Funny Girl yet? Or have oh, we're going not- um day after tomorrow. Okay, all right. Because I'm super. No, curious. I would. Oh, I would have already talked about it on this podcast uh, okay. if I if I had seen it. All right, because yeah, I'm super curious about um your reaction to that, considering I've seen a lot of other reactions to it. That yeah. Yeah, I've had some thoughts about that since the rumors started swirling around. Um, rumors? What rumors? Oh, before you know, before they officially announced. Oh, like the rumors the of, of, of yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, going bad. back okay. to like a year ago when people started saying, "I'm hearing things," I was like, "Well, this is why I think it could work, and this is why I think it might not work," and blah blah blah. And um, so yes, it opened on Sunday night, and there were a bunch of reviews, and I won't really be able to chime in until next week because I'm seeing it in 48 hours. But I have some thoughts. <laughs> thoughts. Um, but yeah, looking ahead to next week, I, I'm i seeing Funny Girl and I'm seeing a Strange Loop, which is actually opening this evening, uh, and which I had seen three years ago almost when it was yeah, off I was Broadway. Say, you and saw it, it right? I did. Already, yeah. 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 And... And another show, Revival of the Skin of Our Teeth, which is at Lincoln Center. So I got three shows coming up next week for us to talk about on the boulevard. Wow. Busy, 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 huh? Tired, tired, tired. Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) And and I think uh, Karen is already asleep, so I'm going to pull the car over. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Uh, and and, and I'll walk her home. So you guys, thank you. And if you have other thoughts about any of the shows we've talked about, and if you guys have seen Abbott Elementary and want to continue the conversation, I'm down for it. Uh, just let us know um, back on the Block Pod on Facebook. And um, 
Yeah, don't even know what's going to happen with Twitter these days, so I won't even throw my handle out there. Um, but yeah, that's it for the Boulevard this week. We will see you next week in May, believe it or not. So, so stay good. Yeah. And we'll talk to you then. Okay. Bye. Bye.